Oh, that barrel. Do you know where he got that barrel? No. Oh, um, yeah. So I had this roommate. He uh, worked at a uh, waste reclamation plant, and he brought this barrel so his mom could burn her dead puppies in. And, Jesus uh, that Christ! Is weird. <laughs> it is weird. These people <laughs> were fucked up. quickly. This episode of Unloading Me is not brought to you by your favorite local dispensary who could be sponsoring this episode. Hey, local dispensaries, I love this bong. This cartridge and pin. Ooh. This new cartridge I haven't opened yet. What's that? What? This ad's for non-smoking? They don't want drug use in this ad? Oh. What was I saying? I'm high as fuck. That thing on. Ladies and gentlemen, the next guest coming on to Unloading Meat. Maybe my most controversial guest ever. And that's saying something. I mean, have you seen Roscoe? Jesus. Um, I'm wondering how controversial this episode is going to be with this next individual. He is highly, highly original. One of the most enigmatic per- people I've ever encountered in the Tulsa scene. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for the one, the only, Trash. Trash. Hi, Jared. Hi, Trash. How are you, my friend? Uh, man, I already got fucked up and then sobered up before I even got here. Really? Yeah. No shit. Yeah. I'm glad that you're fucking dressed this time. Sort of. <laughs> I, I have hey. I have pants on. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I usually do. Has that been a problem in the past? I mean, hmm. I've only whipped my dick out once uh, on stage. Okay. And then you can know, we elaborate? <laughs> what happened there? Like, was it like was I it a mean, was it a, a, a was it a Janet Jackson kind of wardrobe mis- malfunction? Or no, was... I did it on purpose. Oh, okay. You know, like uh, I got up there and uh, the guy uh, challenged me to do something controversial. And I showed my ass, and I've done done that enough with the puppet, but uh, <laughs> with or without the puppet, honestly, mm. uh, I'm what they call a risky click. Uh, I don't know. Uh, risky click. Yeah, I, I went up there. And I, showed, I, I showed my ass, and I thought this isn't enough. And I mean, I so I stuck my dick out. I mean, because I do a lot of like jokes about how how big my dick is, and I mean. <laughs> Why not? You, you just call when, those guys bluff. When God, buff. when God blesses you, Jared. When God <laughs> blesses you. <laughs> oh shit! No. So like the the dude tried to call my bluff and uh, like I didn't whip it out onto like a table, you know? Yeah. I didn't unload my meat. <laughs> As one is to do. Consensually. Man, I was telling, I was telling, uh, I was telling the guy who gave me a ride here, like we went and we went in the bathroom at the same time, yeah. And I didn't think about it, but then as we were like standing there, like shyly trying to piss, uh, one thin fucking wall away from each other, uh, I started to realize, oh my god, we're synchronized pissing. And I thought <laughs> it's a good thing there's no glory holes anymore. Like you don't see glory holes anymore. 
No, well, I, not I, a like, not a, like a come and go or anything. And a, a glory. I mean, I'm just saying a, a glory hole at come and go is kind of you know on the nose. Because I think that's come what was expected when two guys just walk right into the bathroom one after another. I thought a glory hole really Ooh, is, is a come and go. Is that too controversial? Is that going to get me banned? Trash Starlight. A glory hole. It really Ooh. is a come and go. Get it? What do they call it? Come and go. They really renamed Get and Go Come and Go. Yeah, I know. What the fuck? And they thought I would fix it by spelling it K U M. No. 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 It's still jizz. Um. <laughs> they kept the U and the M. Yeah. It's like there's that. Uh, I don't know if you saw my photo on Instagram. There's a climb Tulsa indoor mountain right. climbing thing. They should have chose a better font for the word climb because it looks like it says Come Be Tulsa. It looks like C U M. B Tulsa. Hey, you know what my favorite sign in town is? What? Dongs. <laughs> Dongs. It's yeah. over there on Admiral between like Yale and Pittsburgh. And it's it's a gun shop. Yeah. They have this whole zebra thing. It's weird. It's a zebra theme gun shop and it's called Dongs. It's big fucking letters too. Yeah, there's Dongs and there's Dick's Sporting sign. Goods. Yeah, I love Dicks. Dongs and Dicks. Love Dicks. Sounds like me on Grinder. Like um Cox uh, Cox Communications. Cox Communications, yeah. I, I like when they name things after dicks. I do too. It's I like I have a like a fixation for uh, like a fixation on dicks, a weird fixation on dicks for someone who does not like put them in my mouth. I don't know. You're like Maybe. Jonah Hill and Superbad? Ooh, yeah, kind of. Where he just draws dicks all day. Real shit, yeah. man. I had an art class one time and we had to start making styrofoam sculptures and like I went for like this Aztec fucking dick sort of thing. Yeah. Like that was my go-to. I don't know why. <laughs> Man. So, man, like, what got you into comedy? Like, I'm always curious because, like, you're a character. I just got to say it. You're a yeah. character, man. I've I've, I've known you for a couple of months now. Um, how do we meet? Do you remember how we met? Yeah. Uh, I went I went to, like, a, an open mic at the Tulsa Comedy Club. Right? That's it. In, uh, like, January, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was January. Yeah, it was the only time I've been there. And uh, <laughs> I didn't know it was testicular <laughs> cancer benefit. I was making, I'm pretty sure I yeah, made I like both. some fucking cancer jokes at some point. Uh, a lot of people made cancer jokes that night. Yeah, everybody. I had no idea. Yeah. Um, yeah, you asked to borrow my tripod. and um, That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I met Patrick Gallagher from yeah. the Sesh Lounge that night. Yeah. Yeah. Before, uh, right before they started their thing. Um, he was there. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to, to Patrick at Sesh. Um, yeah, for real. I, now it's coming back to me. So like that night. Yeah, I didn't know anybody. I was a fly on the wall, just you know, nervous to fucking meet anybody or anything. I was mm. doing open mics, and Patrick was like, "Hey, come on over and hang out with us." And then mm. you know, he was sitting at the table, and then I was like, "Hey, can you fill my my set?" And he was like, "Sure." And then you had went up and you had that tripod, mm. and he was like, "Why don't you ask that guy over there for his tripod?" And I was like, "I don't know him. I'm not going to ask a stranger for his shit." Right. Um. And he goes, "Well, I'll do it." And he just walked over to you and I was like, "Hey, right. do you mind if he records?" And you were like, "Yeah, go right ahead." Yeah. Everybody's recording their shit or something like that. You said like something like that. Yeah. And like yeah. I record. Yeah. I record almost like every time I do it. When I, I have my best sets when I don't record. Yeah. That's so I found that up. too. <laughs> um. My first showcase at Stellar. I didn't mm -hmm. record. I forgot my camera. I don't know how I did it at the <laughs> Tulsa Comedy Club because like I hit record, but like for whatever reason it did not record. <laughs> and uh, yeah, like I was like, damn. Uh, people told me I had a good set. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like Patrick that, tapped me on the shoulder and asked to bar. Sure. Why not? Yeah. And you didn't even think anything of it. And like, no. dude, that meant the world. Like, honestly, like you didn't have to do that. 
like I mean, you, you know, gave me a ride home. Patrick gave me a fucking joint yeah. of this uh, weed called like Sex Panther, I think, or something like that. And uh, it fucking one hundred percent of the work, the time it worked every time I used it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that night I wanted to return the favor because, like, yeah, like I was like, hey, can I give you a ride home that night? Because like, yeah, and I needed one. <laughs> Well, I'm a big, I'm a big thing of like pay it for kind of shit. Yeah. And like you put out good energy, I'm gonna put out some good energy, and like you know that's what we gel. So yeah, like that's how we met, and you know we've been kind of friends ever since, pretty much. Yeah. Um, I go by, I gotta say, just personally, I go by people that put in effort, mm-hmm. and I can really see who's putting in the effort and working on their craft, who's mm-hmm. doing the writing, who's. Not that there's anything wrong with social clubs or anything like that, and we can get into like what we feel about the total scene, <laughs> um, by and large. But like, there's clicks. I mean, everywhere that you go, if you start a new job, when, if you when start, people have to... been in it for years. You know, they that's what happens. Yes, whatever. And when you're new, like like sometimes that rubs you the wrong way at first. Yeah, but like like when you earn your stripes and you settle in, you kind of understand why there are like groups. Because like I, I see people who who show up once in a while. Or, like, just once or twice, yeah. and then they give up. It's like, why invest the time and the effort in someone who's just... And, like, I was shit... Like, I've only been doing this six months, and I, I wouldn't say I'm even good at it. Uh, I just... I, I'm trying, right? We're all just doing yeah. what we're doing. Um, I, uh... These people, they show up once in a while, and they never get better. They just do the same dumb shit over and over, and it's not creative. They're just, like, up there because they have this fucking Netflix special delusion. You yeah. know, um, like I'm not in it to get famous. I'm doing it because like I'm really passionate about podcasting, stand up, and I want to see if I can make a full fledged career out of it and pay the bills with it. Like that's all. That's all I'm trying to do is like I, if I can get to the level where like it pays my bills and like I'm right, I'm full fledged 100 percent into comedy 100 percent of the time. It's paying the bills. Mm-hmm. That's I'm happy. I'm grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying really hard to get there. But, like, what I was getting at is, like, when I go to the shows, yeah, like, there are clicks. There's going to be clicks everywhere you go to. If you start a new job, you go to school, there's going to be clicks anywhere you go. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also gatekeeping and stuff like that you've, you've encountered. Some, I've encountered sometimes. Um, I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And. Yeah, showing my dick on stage has not been a popular move. Probably not. <laughs> um, again, not, not every crowd can handle my drip. Yeah. Or your dick. Does your dick drip? Not, like. No, I don't have gonorrhea. <laughs> I no, it like not like that. No. Okay. Not well, yet. it's like the the kids say drip, right? I'm using yeah. that right, right? Yeah. I'm just mm-hmm. so, I'm just so white. I don't know. Um, I'm fucking translucent. I, white. I like the kids slang these days, you know. <laughs> Lit. Yeah. Word. Jesus. Um. <laughs> so now, like, you know, there's there's clicks and stuff like that. So like, I've. Tr- that's why, like, I've really tried to focus on building this and having this, pla- mm. you know, trying to build my own platform on the unloading meat and just mm. really have something to fall back on that really I'm doing my own thing. I'm being my own person. I'm doing everything 100% original I can as far as me. And I can respect people that are doing the kind of similar things. And that's kind of where me, I think me and you gel is right. that creativity and just being your fucking authentic self and just putting something out there that's not the norm. Right. Putting your fucking neck on the line. Yeah. And, but also, I don't really. Like nothing against it, but I don't want to go to an open night social club, open mic social club. Fuck no! I don't need to join a social club and just have beers with the guys. Like I did cool. not, I did not start doing comedy six months ago with the intention or expectation of even making friends. Same, you know, I same, and and for for a good while, my first month or two, um, it was just I would I would go, hit it, stay, watch, get good and drunk, you know, um. 
maybe chit chat a little bit after the yeah. show, smoke a little weed, uh, but go home. Yeah. You know, and then back to my normal life. Yeah. You know, comedy at a certain point, um, and this is what I've learned kind of the hard way, uh, at a certain point, your real life and your fucking comedy social life are gonna start mixing. Yeah. They're gonna start and and for me it's it's kind of become uh like it's where I can't detail I could not just quit myself yeah. at this point. Um me either now. For one, like I, I I like doing it uh for whatever reason. You know, I haven't quite figured out why. Uh like whether you like it or not, at a certain point, uh if you do this, if you start doing this long enough, if you do it consistently, um your comedy life and your your like social life, your personal life, it's gonna start like merging. Whether you fucking like it or not. Um and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. Uh and then that's that may be like um hold on. Uh sorry. That's not necessarily a bad thing. because uh, I have found uh this is a fairly supportive community. Yeah. There are gatekeepers, there are people who are a little um holier than thou or whatever. Yeah. Uh there are people who treat it like a social club. You know, they're hobbyists and, and just whatever. But that's any group of fucking people. You know? Um and as for me, you know, I found like like I said, I didn't come into it with the expectation of making friends yeah. or or anything of it. Like I never expected to make money and in the first few months, Mac Taylor put me on a show thanks to Dylan Walters. Shout out um, Dylan Walters. Fuck yeah. Great guest on here. I want to have him back. Great guy. Dude. Yeah, great, great guy. guy. Um, wonderful dude. I will say, though. Gave me this the, uh, Gave me this tattoo. Nice. And at some point, I want to yeah. tattoo you. Fuck yeah. We're going to do some X-Men. I, I, have, I have a needle for you. Um, By yeah. the way, we were talking off camera one time about the type of tattoo, like the Magneto and stuff like that. Mm. Bro, they just put out. I got to show you. Because, mm. like. I'm a nerd. It's going to be, you see how I'm like in the helmets and shit. Mm -hmm. They're making a replica Magneto helmet from the fucking animated series. Oh, that's fire. And it's like, <laughs> that thing looks fucking oh, dope. Fuck. I got to wear that on stage, right? And we're back, guys, with the one and only Trash Hyena. Trash, man. I just got to ask, like, what's your approach overall to comedy? Like, how do you approach it? Like, like I'm always curious with that when I have different guests in here. And you're a very eclectic, very uh, original character. I, I hope you take that as a very good compliment as I'm trying to imply it. Yeah. How do you, like, how do you approach your comedy, man? Okay, so my approach to comedy is I'm not really trying to be, like, a fucking stand-up comedian. I don't want... I don't really care about a Netflix special. I'm not trying to do Hollywood. I like, I would rather do like Vegas. I would rather do like, like, uh, what I've recently kind of realized is these open mics, they're just, uh, it's just practice, really. Yeah. What I, what I originally wanted to do, especially with the puppets, was, uh, do it on the streets. Uh, see, back when, back in like 2012, I was out in, uh, San Francisco, right? Just panhandling with a fucking sign. You know? Really? Yeah, real amateur shit. Uh, when it comes to uh, hustling on the streets. I went, I bought a 40. I come back to my corner in the Haight-Ashbury, right? And there's a woman dressed as a mime. And she's playing an accordion. She's balancing on a fucking ball. And uh, she does maybe three minutes of this. And then she gets off the ball. People clap. 
She throws down her hat and just money, 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 money. Yeah. I was blown the fuck away, right? And I drew a face on uh, the paper bag the 40 came in. And that was uh, that was my first puppet, really. Uh, and he made a little bit of money on the streets in San Francisco. Like, it just, like, there's were so many fucking people. Like, yeah. you know. Anyways, uh, and then, you know, life turned out differently. And uh, eventually I came back to that puppet idea somehow. Uh, and, and the goal has just been, I'm not going to make money doing stand-up. Like I've whipped my dick out once too many times to get booked in <laughs> just this once, town yeah. to get booked. Um, nothing against those people. There's, there's, uh, if they want to play it, if they want to play it safe, fine. It's yeah. their playground. They make the rules. Fuck it. But I guarantee you that. <laughs> I'm the only guy in Tulsa who's gone up there on the stage, gotten a fucking tattoo, shown his dick, done puppets, and stand up. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, I I go for people. I could do this on the street and make more money than anyone makes booking. Dude, you made $17 on Wednesday. On accident. Yeah. You want to talk about that on on what happened? No? Yeah, no, yeah. I'm uh, (laughs) So I live in my truck as of the time of this airing. And I don't really have anywhere to practice, so I showed up to the Hunt Club early. I originally went in the alleyway behind the Hunt Club. Okay. And it was an empty alleyway, and there was a couple nooks. I was like, perfect. And uh, I could just run through a good hour of practice. This sure. was like 5, 6 o'clock. And uh, as, soon as, I, as soon as I get to whipping my fucking dick out, uh, my cockadile, that is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, truck shows up, then another guy shows up, and it's like, what the fuck, guys? So I go to the hunt club. I go up into the balconies. Well, there's people on the second level. Okay. Well, hi, sorry. I'm just trying to practice. Go up to the third level to yeah. that dead end door or whatever. And I'm, uh, you know, I run through the bits. I didn't even do that bit by the end of the night because uh, it is very tricky pulling the stick out of your ass with a puppet. I've seen it a couple of times. And shoving your hand into your cock sock. Uh, anyways, they noticed me practicing. They were curious. Uh, they asked me to give them a demonstration so i gave them a whole like three four minutes and uh i'm packing my shit up they handed me 17 bucks nice it's always 17 bucks you know i was valentine's day get this dude valentine's day i was at a walmart um at a walmart neighborhood market and i had gone to target to their coin star and that didn't work so i went to uh the walmart their coin star was broken i had like 20 bucks in fucking change and i did not want to keep hauling it around so i start dumping in the self-checkout i'm buying wine and cat litter okay and uh about 10 bucks in some dude walks up and uh hands me 17 goddamn dollars it's always 17 bucks what you're buying wine and cat litter are you sure you're not a divorced single mom <laughs> no i was just fucking someone with a cat <laughs> true story yeah no, nah, man, like I just I, I always love seeing the original takes and the stories and like what got people to the scene. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating to me, especially when it's someone, you know, like yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, that's I will say original and unique. That's kind of impressive to have in this day and age. Mm-hmm. Um I definitely think people have started stepping up their game since like I first showed up. Like yeah. what I've noticed, like people were just doing fucking straight stand up. Now people are getting a little wacky. Yeah. You know, you got fucking clowns running around. I saw Dakota Six Killer standing on a chair at Hunt Club a couple weeks ago, and I thought it was the funniest fucking thing, dude. Because, like, of course he had, he would have to do that. He's very short, yeah. and it was a crowded bar. But, like, that just little added touch 
really (laughs) no pun intended but it elevated his fucking set it did it was fucking awesome he's funny as fuck well i mean we're going to be entertainers and the fucking do entertainment and you got to catch the crowd's attention somehow like like, it happens you don't always got to shove your hand up up a fucking stuffed animal's ass but you know just that little bit of added touch that little bit of extra creativity and added like um you know, thinking outside the box, like, I appreciate that, because I bust my ass to think outside the box. I'm fucking yeah. homeless, dog. Yeah. You know, and I'm I'm trying new shit all the time. Yeah. Always writing, always thinking. While I was waiting on the, uh, while I was coming up here, I fucking wrote out some shit, you know? Like, that's yeah. how it is. Yeah. Dedicate, like, it's not dedicated because I want to be famous. It's because uh, you like the craft and you... I have here. a lot of fun doing it. So, I gotta say... You asked to bring some things to the set today. Um, for those that know, this 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 barrel's not part of my set. This is trash. That barrel is the new star of the show. It is. This dude went up at the sesh the other night. Everyone comments on the fucking barrel. It's just it's it's part of it now. Um, this dude did like three minutes on this barrel. Did you know? You, I mean that that barrel's probably the best. Three comment. minutes. That's, that, it is an open riff barrel. I don't know if you've seen about Zach Eamon's post, but like apparently anybody can vote themselves as the best comic in Tulsa, so you can put the barrel up. The barrel is a rising star. Like the barrel says nothing, and it's still funnier than anything I've done, and it's still funnier than most Tulsa comedians. Dude, we were roasting that. We were be honest. We were having so much fun last night at Baby Roos, because um, <laughs> even uh, Katie Roscoe's fiance, mm. she had some votes for Tulsa's like best comic in Tulsa. And she's like, how the fuck did I get voted? And she's like, so she was going around saying, like, hey, guys, technically, I'm the best comic in Tulsa. <laughs> and so, like, we were like, if anybody can vote for themselves, what the fuck does it matter? Like, the right. vote is meaningless. So that's why Zach was putting, like, shout out Zach Gabe, and He was like, I'm the best Tulsa comic. And, you know, everybody was just like a running gag yesterday. Uh, so we were all just joking about that yesterday at the fucking show. Just like, hey, oh, I took that post seriously. I was like, oh, well, fuck, he is funny. <laughs> he is the best fucking Tulsa comedian. <laughs> Fuck it. I had to roast him just a little bit because all I did was send the photo of he when I beat him at the roast battle. I just put a picture of <laughs> yeah, me in the no, middle. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey, remember this? Yeah. <laughs> so, man, we're talking about this dumpster. We're talking about the trash bin. Oh, yeah, the barrel. The, the barrel. The famous barrel, the star of Tulsa comedy yeah, that you can vote for. This is why you don't give homeless people vehicles. <laughs> <laughs> So what's the barrel about, man? And let's talk about the puppets. So like you brought up your original puppet in San Francisco. Yeah. Gio, are the, are uh, you think it's about eater. you think it's about time to see the the next wave? The, the, what you were what you're going on with now? Oh, I brought Jack. All right. Yeah. Well, guys, we'll be right back and we'll come back with the one and only Jack. Oh. <laughs> this episode of Unloading Me is not brought to you by your favorite mobile banking app such as Cash App. Man, I love using Cash App. Especially when I'm doing things other than buying drugs. Cash app. And we're back, guys, with Trash Hyena. And Trash, you brought a special friend? Hi! My name's Jackhole! Hi, Jackhole. What's going on, man? Oh, I thought we were going to go on Joe Rogan. I told you we were going on Jared Allen. Oh, why do you want to go on Joe Rogan? He's a fucking douchebag. Oh, he has a wider reach. Oh, don't tell me you're here to to unload your meat again. Oh, fuck. Yeah, this is my jackass rabbit. Nice. I'm a therapy animal. <laughs> <laughs> our therapy, our collective therapy is in case Chief moves in a sack of crappy weed. He gives me a lot of shit, but he likes it, too. He's got his hand on my ass. It's basically an enema. <laughs> is it consensual? 
I mean, it's like, dude, like your inner demons. That this is the thing that your inner demons do. They, uh, they, they force you to do things you should not do, and because it's fun, and then they tell you you're a piece of shit about it. <laughs> yeah, but we have a lot of fun doing it, anyways, don't we? <laughs> Self-destructive honesty, you know. So, Jack, uh, how long you been uh, hanging out with trash? Oh, um, well, about a year, year and a half, something like that. I, I, uh, I was um not really born. No, uh. I came about around Halloween, um, twenty twenty one. Okay. Yeah, I found this jackalope puppet on um, uh, on Amazon. Yeah, like so. I use folk manis puppets. Um, you got six of them. I've shown five. I have an eagle. I haven't done, but um, I was the third one. Yeah, I got a uh, Jeter the crocodile first, and uh, then pig. Yeah, I was looking for a skunk, and then I thought crusty pig because he was cute. And uh, then then he was looking for a skunk, but I saw this jackalope, and I had this Halloween necklace thing, and I it just fucking all came together, yeah. you know. And uh, I'm the star. I'm the breakout star. Everyone loves me. He he wasn't the I first that... dumpster puppet, but fuck, he's the he's the most popular by far. Well, Jack, you got some stiff competition because apparently the breakout star is the fucking actual barrel now. Oh, <laughs> that barrel! Do you know where he got that barrel? No. Oh, go ahead and tell him. I don't give a fuck. Um, yeah, so I had this roommate. He uh, worked at a uh, waste reclamation plant, and he brought this barrel so his mom could burn her dead puppies in. And, Jesus uh, Christ. Is weird. <laughs> it is weird. These people <laughs> were fucked up, quickly. Dude. They were fucked up. Yeah, we called the... Gr- we lived in a garage. We called it the dumpster. I mean, this is a gnarly-ass place you couldn't even bring a woman back to, you know? <laughs> he tried. <laughs> Shut up, Jack. Yeah, no, uh, well, we burned dogs in it. We didn't burn dogs. They weren't my dogs, but these people hoarded dogs. It was fucking weird. And then uh, uh, at some point I was like, hey, this would be a perfect addition to my set. You know, I need a dumpster. And uh, yeah, I I grabbed it for Missy's show. That wasn't the original color. I don't remember what it was, but after they burned the dog, it turned like yellowish. Yeah, it's a good feature, man. And shout out to Missy, too. Like. Yeah. Are, are you going to talk about? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, definitely shout out to. Shut up, Jack. We definitely shout out to Missy. We like Missy. I love Missy. It, yeah. Missy gave us 15 minutes. Yeah. Man. I, uh, I saw your flirt. I got to say, Jack, I saw you. I saw Trash. I saw Dylan Walters, Lacey Reigns at that Mojito show. Great show. You guys it all did a good great show. It was a good show. Dylan I Walters uh, did awesome with his bass. Dylan's fucking great. We like Dylan. Yeah. Dylan, Dylan feeds us. Dylan gives you weed. Do you smoke weed, weed, Jack? Um, like I said, he's got his hand on my ass. It's like an enema. Oh, that's true. So when he smokes, I smoke. Um, and you know I'm glad I'm chained to this dickhead. Like if you're if if you're a therapy animal for a chain smoking alcoholic with no impulse control, I mean, at least you have. Well, I wouldn't call it fun, but at least you're fucked too fucked up to notice it's not. <laughs> that is so fucked up, Jack. Hey, I thought you said um. What was it about self-destructive honesty? I don't fucking remember. Anyways. Okay. Well, are we going to keep going? Yeah. What else you got? So, Jack, I'm interested. The piercings on your ears. Yeah. Do they reference? Do they represent anything? Nope. Nope. He just started sticking metal bits in me. <laughs> Same well, with the nose. Well, I mean, I didn't know if it was implying things. I mean, you, you obviously love a little bit of shit, you know, some backdoor play. Oh, come on now. Oh, just because I have a hand up my ass. I call that my childhood. Um, <laughs> He's the only one who's made gay jokes so far. Imagine that. 
Dude, I gotta say, Jack, uh, at Baby Roots last night, I did a whole bunch of dick sucking and and gay jokes at this bar, the sports bar. Whoo! That was fun. <laughs> Moving on. What kind of a crowd? Um, let's just say some bros, some drunks, and the people that decided to go play some darts in the back. That was pretty much it. And then, I mean, it was the in front of Andrew Lives. Regular-ass bar crowd. Yeah, huh? regular-ass bar crowd. They laughed. I mean, I had a good set. I had a good fun time. Fuck them. I tried to they get They laughed, but you cried. Yeah, afterwards. Then I jerked off. Oh. Oh, you have the same routine he does. Yeah. Shut up, Jack. <laughs> more booze, though. Yeah, always more booze involved. More crying for me. I use it as lube. Um, so, Jack. Yeah. Came, do you have any family history or anything? Like, where did you come from besides... You know, the mythical jackalope. Well, um, well, I used to be a bunny, and um, I was all cute and cuddly, and um, just minding my own business on the fucking prairie, you know? And uh, then someone hauled off, shot my ass, stuffed me. Yeah, they, um, they attached antlers to my head, and, uh, well, that's it. That was it for me. That is not where you're from, Jack. You're a, you're a... Oh, come on, man. I, I want to have multiple origins. It's more fun that way. Yeah. <laughs> you have multiple origins. <laughs> um, okay, so... Um, and I well, just have um, multiple restraining orders. <laughs> <laughs> my mother was a, um, a whore. Oh, we're we're always doing shit. that bit. That's my main... That's my bread and butter. My mama was a whore. Just like Brian Dixon. Yeah. Yeah, shout out to Brian Dixon. He gave us a house. That's, That's what we true. call the truck. <laughs> hey, if a house can be a boat, a, bo- a house can We're be a truck. We're technically homeless. We're not that homeless, Jack. Why do you want a panhandle? Because it's easier than working. Yeah. Mm, it's easier than a time clock. Well, I mean, trash. If you we definitely have more freedom. Trash and Jack. You know, Jack, um, the problem with you being on his hand is if he ever needs to uh, jack off. Oh, no, 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 no. No, no, no. We've already been banned from Build-A-Bear Workshop. <laughs> Jack, come on. Uh, what did we say about honesty? Fucker. Well, Trash, what would you like to talk about with Mr. Jack right here? Um. Oh, he's he's got nothing. He, he never oh, I'm got sorry. nothing. I'm sorry, Jack. I didn't mean to assume your gender. What? Oh, I'm a puppet. I don't have a gender. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's the great thing about me. I'm, um, well, um, I'm, I'm a non-binary? I don't know what the fuck I am. I'm a puppet. Yeah. You're yeah. a, you're a, you're a cotton blend. I'm, um, well, I'm magical and he's just mentally ill. That's true. All right, that's it. I'm just a stub <laughs> manifestation of this creep's mental illness. Whatever you want to gender that as. I, I don't really know. It's good to know. Well, Jack, I've enjoyed our talk. It's been a, a magical time. Well, I really got to go already. No, you can stay as long as you want, my oh, friend. No, I'm going to go. They uh, were still getting beers after this, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think you've had enough. Okay, well, um, that's my show, and if you didn't like it, you go fuck yourself. Okay, thank you, Jack. All right, bye. Bye, Jack. <laughs> All right, three points. <laughs> Three points to Gryffindor. <laughs> I think that's how many you score when you get a, like a hole in one in the basketball. I don't know anything about sports. Uh, goal. Something Touchdown. Like yeah. Fuck. 
Oh, that's my favorite thing to do when I go. To, like the last time we went to uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, I hung out, hung out with Sarah and some friends, and uh, <laughs> we went to Buffalo Wild Wings, and you know, all the, they have all this fucking sports going on everywhere, and I'm just like, go local sports team, right? <laughs> like, it's just what the Did fuck? Did they I get live? the hole in one? Yeah, I don't know. I, I always remember like my, my family was never big into sports, so like. The one thing we do is like watch the Super Bowl every year, mm-hmm. mostly for the commercials. And my mom was like, um, I like the one with the fancier uniforms. She would pick by the color of the uniforms, which one she liked. <laughs> and that was pretty much how I went, too. And suddenly I saw cock. Anyway, um, <laughs> we're back here with it, trash. All roads lead to you sucking cock. It does. All roads lead to you sucking. Oh, I guess all roads led to me doing that. It's true. This is going to happen no matter what. Now the roads are consensual. Roads have a lot more options these days. Yeah. Mm. Sometimes I go off road. <laughs> Use lube. Um. <laughs> you know, you know, straight guys were always like, uh, like, you know, how much easier it would be if we were gay. Like, is that true? It it can't. Yeah. Like, it, so like I, I I'm the by highway. Um. Yeah, grinder is like revolutionary. Like, ladies, like, I'm just saying. Like, like, you just get dick like that. Huh? Yeah. I mean, that was like my that. I have a whole bit about it. I mean, my, my gaming bit. I don't know if you've heard my gaming bit. Like, how, like, hard mode on games. Like, I don't understand hard mode on games. Um, I'll, That's part of my new set. Um, okay. I, I don't understand hard mode on games. Like, I play gaming to relax. Mm. Like, why would I want to bash my head against the wall for three right, fucking hours? Right, right, And then I say, like, you know, my roommate's like, oh, it's so much more rewarding experience when you finally tackle that boss after three hours. I'm like, I don't know. I beat the boss three hours ago. Had time to hop on grinder. Get a blowjob. I've heard this. It's funny. It's funny. Who do you think had the more rewarding experience? And the answer is the guy whose mouth I came in. It's like Dick Dash, huh? Yeah. It's um, it's DoorDash for dicks. Um, yeah. Sometimes I call it Uber Eating. Uber Eating. <laughs> Bazinga. Yeah, yeah mm. fuck that. Um, my ex-wife's name was Sheldon. That's why I fucking joke with that. Yeah. <laughs> for real? Yeah. <laughs> it actually works out great because sometimes like it's a, it's a man's name kind of thing. Yeah. So, like, anytime I called and the bills were her name or something like that, I was like, yeah, I'm Sheldon. And I just acted like we were gay lovers. Oh, it, just, it worked every time. <laughs> and, like, the funniest one is Sparklight, the people that do my fucking internet. They they are so PC now because you know that they've gone through a fucking training manual or something like that. Because as soon as they're like, oh, Sheldon, and yeah, I'm Jared. Oh, hi. Uh, and your pause life partner. Uh, I heard that. And I was like, oh, the yeah. Pause. Yeah, the pause. The I was pause. just like. Yep, that's that training kicking in. <laughs> Somebody watched that 14-minute video and didn't skip it. <laughs> well, they couldn't skip it. They're unskippable. Yeah. I've uh, done a lot of training. There's ways. Tr- computer fucking training. <laughs> I worked for three different major uh, fucking uh, cell phone carriers. That was my that was my background. Right. I, I, I worked almost 15 years in cell phones. Uh, and at one point, I was traveling between Louisiana, Texas, and Oklahoma Weekly as a DM, a district manager for like seven stores. And that was my background. Then right at the height of COVID, right at the beginning of COVID of 2020, um, I got fired and started a new job, got sick. And then that's when COVID hit and I just lost everything and just kind of just went through a downward spiral mental fucking break. I mean, I just, you know, lost everything. My marriage fell apart. It was just one of those things. And I kind of became a recluse so much so that one of my biggest regrets, and this is getting real right now, uh, you see, I'm a big Power Ranger guy. I love Jason David Frank, uh, the Green Ranger. I have fucking tattooed on my fucking arm. You can see that on if you see that on oh, yeah tattoo. But like, uh, he was a big hero of mine. Tommy Oliver. When I was five, I saw the Green Ranger. And I was like, oh my fucking god! 
So much so that my dad enrolled me in karate. Like I was that big into Power Rangers. Um, and in COVID, Jason David Frank came to Tulsa for a signing. And I didn't go out because I was too scared to go out and anxiety and stuff. Um, I was having panic attacks and crowds and stuff like that. Mm. Just I still do sometimes. I can relate to that. Um, and I didn't go when he was in Tulsa, and then he died. And I never got to meet him. And it's one of my biggest regrets, and it's one of those things where I was like, that's honestly what pushed me. I'm like, fuck this. I'm not doing this anymore. Right. That got me out of it a lot. Because like another thing was like, I'm – there's these weird things, like, I don't want to say we live vicariously through people, but, like, I'm a big pro wrestling guy, and I'm a big guy, and, like, uh, Kevin Smith is a big hero of mine, mm-hmm. and influence, so, like, when he had his, like, heart attack, it kind of affected him, I was like, oh, shit, that's a hero of mine, like, I almost died, you know what I mean? Like, I've grown up with his movies, his work, his fucking influence in podcasting and shit, like, got me into this shit. He's one of the, the fucking godfathers of podcasts, he's Kevin Smith. I don't know if you know that, but, like, smodcasting started in the early 2000s, way right. before everybody else. So, like, when he had his event, I was like, shit, I still haven't met him. Like, I, I want to meet that dude. You know what I mean? Like, I, I have I have certain things. I just want to, like, just to meet that dude. Uh, people that influence me and, you know, inspire me. Right. I kind of want to be able to have them eventually, if, with no ego, I want to eventually have them on this couch. Uh, Bobby Lee. This is where you're starting. Bobby Lee's another one. Uh, Bobby Lee saved my life and during COVID because of Tiger Belly and hearing his story on his podcast and stuff. Um, really fucking grounded me and was like, okay, there's other people like I grew up with Bobby Lee and Mad TV and stuff like that, but like seeing him being stripped raw on a podcast talking about sexual abuse and shit like that, that was fucking eye opening. I was like, you can talk about that on a fucking podcast <laughs> and still be funny. Should you? But you know what I mean? Like he like it was like it didn't stop him. But should it, you? But it influenced his comedy. Is what I'm getting at. Is like it's not. Sure. It influenced who he is and like he embraced who he was and he's funny. And it was one of those things where, like, I don't know, it it, it it spoke to me so much that, like, without any ego, I want to build something here to where eventually I can have the people, like, Bobby Lee films Reservation Dogs in Tulsa. Like, he's a he's a cast member on Reservation Dogs. Mm-hmm. He had um, Sterling Harjo, who's a creator of Reservation Dogs, on Tiger Belly as a guest. Mm-hmm. And I had never heard of the show or any, oh, I heard the name, but I was like, oh, there's a show around here, it's about Native Americans. I didn't ever watch it. Um... Then he was on Tiger Belly, the, get, the, the the creator of the show was on Tiger Belly, and I got to hear how he's from Tulsa, and he grew up around here, and like he basically went to filmmaking school or whatever, and like got to hear about his story, and then I started watching that show, and I was like, wow, this is kind of like really inspirational for like, this is somebody from our fucking backwoods doing their vision, doing their story, and it's authentic, and then Bobby Lee was involved, and he's filming here in Tulsa, and I'm like, this is fucking kismet kind of shit of like... I want to get into podcasting. I want to get into stand-up. One of my influences is Bobby Lee, and he's filming a show in fucking Tulsa. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, like, the one episode I watch of his, his podcast has that guy from Tulsa. Like, everything just started aligning of, like, holy shit, this is possible. And it just really started boosting my confidence. Of like, I can probably do this. I could probably do something. And I started working on building this fucking set. And It is a cool-ass set. Thanks, man. Yeah. Sorry to get all, so, like, real. That's, that's fine. Like, I like all the Marvel action figures. Yeah, like, this was my therapy. I'll tell you what, when I started fucking around with puppets, I made a lot of weird YouTube videos, um, and most of them are buried, but there's still a lot of weird shit that I just haven't bothered to fucking lock, yeah. and I don't really give a fuck uh, what people think of me, so whatever, they're still there. But uh, one of my first fucked up puppet videos, um, Penny Rimbaud from Crass uh, followed me on Twitter. I had a Twitter and, like, no followers uh 
and I posted that video, and Penny Rimbaud followed me on Twitter, and to me, that was a big deal. I don't even have access to this fucking Twitter anymore, uh, but to me, that was such a big deal, and that's what really uh, kept me going through a lot of it. Like, that's a crass symbol on the barrel right there. Not a lot of people know that. Someone told me I ought to uh, that monetize weed? that symbol, take that. that. No, oh. it's not lit. Okay. Um, yeah, they told me I ought to monetize that. I can't. Uh, but a few people who do recognize that symbol, those are the people uh, whose opinion matters quite a bit more than than anyone who just sees the barrel as a fucking novelty. Yeah. Uh, I've always tried to put like some line from Crass or uh, other punk bands in my shit because uh, I come from a very extreme poverty and a very uh, my point of view is that uh, um, that of someone who uh, has never really had safety nets or consistency or stability, never yeah. had the guarantee of that. And uh, someone who's seen all forms of privilege um, taken for granted. Yeah. Um, people don't understand what it's like to go more. Most people, you know, they'll miss a meal and think they're hungry. You know, they won't miss a few days. Yeah. You know, there, there, there were, there have been times where I've walked into a back alley and found crazy bread covered in ants and thank God. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, <laughs> kind of lost my point, but you're good. The thing, the thing is, um, with Crass, uh, they 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 put out that message that this isn't because you're a fuck up. You know, you're not necessarily struggling because you're a fuck up. The system is rigged against you. Like we are products and producers. Yeah. You know, we are the commodity and the consumer. Yeah. Uh, and we should we should reject and resist all this. Uh, it is not the natural way of life. It's certainly not how I want to live. I had eight years in retail, uh, and I wanted to kill myself every fucking day. Every fucking Almost 15 day. years here, yeah. I can't return to uh, that kind of lifestyle. That's where I'm at now. Real talk. I, 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 without any ego, again, or, like, you know, any privileged things. And, you know, I, I'm grateful for what, you know, my house and stuff that I paid off, you know, stuff like that. But, like, getting, like, I grew up from, a, you know, my family. My dad was very poor, one of, like, eight kids in Delaware. Mm-hmm. Um, that he grew up poor, then he became like a jack of all trades and put into the welding school and like different, different CAD uh, classes and stuff like that. Sure. Like he just a self made man. Like he had to, and he's basically the guy that took care of all the family, extended the family for all the years. He's always the one that gave them a helping hand, like because he made it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then my mom is a psychologist and went through fucking that kind of shit for years in college and finally paid that shit off. And now she's a fucking therapist working for uh, the the Cherokees, I believe. Mm-hmm. But like. At the same time, like, you know, dealing with my childhood trauma, I, I spent 20 years in shame where I fucking denounced, you know, and didn't even bring up my my feelings for men and shit like that. And there was always a feeling of shame. But I grew up on this thing of, like, you need to have the white picket fence. You need to have the house. You need to have the wife and the kids and the car. And you need to have yep. this shit. You need to have the nine-to-five job. And that was the expectation. And for a long time, I'd never – I'm always the guy that's late to a job. I'm always five minutes late somewhere or five minutes. Late. I just, I never could abide by a structure. I've always right. struggled by it. And you have self, a very orderly house within reason. Like I am great with this shit. Like I love order as far yeah, as like boxes it. and stuff like that. I, I am a very OCD kind of shit with that sometimes, but like I had a complete mental breakdown when I put so much effort into that last cell phone place. Um, and I had to choose between at December, basically letting my staff, get money for christmas or doing the right 
thing as far as there was a glitch in the system that was letting people get it. Like if they bought a hundred dollars in prepaid service, they would get a free phone. And technically, they would have to pay $200, but the system didn't know that. It was just letting them. And like we weren't doing anything wrong or anything. It was literally like you would scan this phone, and they would pay $100, and it would just give them the coupon. Mm. And we reported it and stuff, and it was a widespread thing, and just thing people did. Um, well, they started only sending us prepaid phones, and so that was the only thing we could sell in the store. Mm. And so it was either don't sell these phones because there's a glitch, and you guys don't get get paid. And also, if you get three months of not getting paid, you get fired automatically. <laughs> or let your staff have a Christmas. I chose to let them have a Christmas, and then January I was fired mm-hmm. um, because I let them do the glitch. And it cost me my job, and like I was at the point where like, I had painted that store. I had knocked down walls. I had replaced the fucking flooring whenever they had a flood. Like That was my baby, mm-hmm. and I had to step away from it. I had nothing. Mm-hmm. And now I don't, regret, I don't regret that decision because I made five families have Christmas. You know what I mean? Like, fuck it. So why would you ever want to put that much effort into someone else's bullshit? Exactly. That is exactly it. Trash. I had eight years in retail. During the COVID lockdowns, I was there 15 to 17 hours a fucking night. Yeah. A fucking night just busting my ass. Yeah. Pallet after fucking pallet. Fucking putting shit on the shelves. Yeah. For all these fucking hoarders. You know, I go out there to these crowds and I see a bunch of yuppies. All I see are the people that made my life harder. Yeah. Because they were on on their ass on unemployment essential yeah. workers my fucking dick dude i was an essential worker yeah they didn't give me shit i got a 200 dollars bonus in-store fucking gift card well that's kind of what... that they wouldn't even qualify me for fucking unemployment dude i didn't I qualify and quit when i burned out and fucking quit so like um, so um hold on yeah like, go ahead this is all ties to the point fucking crass what you're saying yeah um at a certain point, a man's fucking had it, and he says, uh, you know, like, dude, the system's rigged, and if you can't abide by the rules in the system, then you're a piece of shit. You're trash. Yeah. Right? Fuck him. I'd rather be trash and be happy. Well, I mean, the, define happiness. Oh, it's doing what you want. Whatever, but like that—that's a different thing for everybody. And like your happiness yeah, is not the same for me. Fine. Yeah, happiness is. But I had to figure that out. Subjective. Yeah, it's very yep. subjective. It's the same as comedy. Uh, people like you said, white picket fence and shit. People pressured me for years to be yeah. normal. I got off the streets and I tried, and it killed me. Yeah. I was a dead person every day. I've for years. I've attempted suicide twice. See. So, um, again, but that goes without you know identify as bi now because I didn't deal with those feelings for twenty years. Right. For men, and I, my, like I, I've said on a previous podcast, um, I am wired by shame. I am run by shame, hundred percent. My body is like my mind. I am a shame-driven individual. Oh, I see. You grew up in church too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, whenever I was sexually assaulted and I had my shit, um, their church and stuff. That was basically the threat of like no one's gonna believe you because we have the yep. church and like you're not in the church and like yep. you're you know you caused this shit and it was me being shamed, and so that's why I'm wired with it. Um, and it's just a fucked up thing. So. Again, going back to like you got to have the white picket fence, you got to have the nine to five, you got to have mm-hmm. this stuff like that. The expectations. Mm-hmm. Again, when you factor in shame, it's like yes, I have to do all that. And then whenever I lost that job, I started another job, and then we were in training. COVID hit in March, and I got COVID and got super sick during the training, and they they froze training for like four months or something like that. And they're like, hey, well, we're just gonna pay you to stay home just in training. And then we'll figure out when we get you back. Well, they never got us back, and I lost the job. Hmm. So at that point, 
I completely hit rock bottom. Like basically, you know, I'm dealt with shame. I'm dealt, I'm run by shame. I had lost my fucking career. I had a second career, lost that, had no income, had no way of fucking paying things. And because of the way I was fired from the first one, I had tried to fire for unemployment. They denied it and it blocked me from unemployment for a year, the year of COVID. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't file for unemployment at either job because of that. <sighs> so I had nothing. Nothing. And I completely hit rock bottom, had a complete mental breakdown. Dude, I ended up uh, moving to Tulsa and attend about it myself. Yep. And that's honestly what happened is I became a recluse. I My panic attacks were super bad. I used to do karaoke. I love karaoke. I have a great singing voice. I've never been professionally trained or anything, but I can sing soprano. I, I have a high-pitched you know, range. And uh, me and my second wife would do karaoke on the weekends. That's how we bonded. Our first date was at a karaoke bar. And... It got to the point where the last time I tried to do karaoke, towards the end of COVID, I had a panic attack signing up because of the crowd. And I had to run out of the fucking place because I was just like sweat. I was going to black out. My chest was fucking clutching. Like just from the crowd of signing up, the anxiety fucking just panic attack had to run. And then like a month or two later, I got in therapy and then she left. Mm. So Mm. it's just one of those things where like I hit rock bottom, depression, anxiety, panic attacks, all that happened. And during that, honestly... I think a lot of people during COVID had this like renaissance of like, yep. It clicked of like, oh shit, I'm not doing that anymore. Why was I doing that? Yeah. What was I doing that for? There was a pretty big awakening, I think. Yeah. And I've noticed a lot of people have started like, uh, like a lot of people who never considered it before are doing like mushrooms and shit yeah. these days. Um, I hardcore eventually want to do ayahuasca or go on one of those things to work on, sure. uh, do the work on my depression, my anxiety and stuff. Uh, I've been I think re- microdosing mushrooms is wonderful for fucking anxiety and depression. I've never done fucking mushrooms, great. but I'm actually interested. I, I, I there's been I'm one of those guys where like I'm very open to doing mushrooms. Hardcore trip a, will fuck you up. Like you'll break. Like I don't know about you, but like I know me and a few other people. Um, we you know uh, you take a high enough dose of mushrooms, you'll really break yourself down. Well, like I want to. Not everyone can handle. I want to experience it in a safe environment, like do it at like, my house or something like that. Do something mm-hmm. you know a safe place. Yeah, and I'm do. I'm that guy that's always missed mushrooms by like an hour. Well, like <laughs> so, like anytime it comes up in conversations, I'm like, "Have you done shrooms? Or you want to do shrooms?" I'm like, "Yeah, dude, that'd be kind of cool." Oh yeah, we just took them before we got here. Right. Fuck. And I'm right, like, no, or like, they're, they're oh, we just took the last one. And they're like, oh, I forgot I'm in the freezer. One time Roscoe was like, we forgot I'm in the freezer once. And I was like, God <laughs> damn it. Like every time it's just been like right out of the fucking frame. There for the longest time, like I always like, like I'd be like, I, I would run into someone. And they'd be like, yeah, I know. I know. Uh, I know where to get mushrooms. No, they don't. They know someone who did mushrooms. Yeah. That sort of thing. Yeah. You know, it's like, I know where we can get shrooms. No, you don't. You know, a guy who gets shrooms from another guy. Yeah. Yeah. I had that problem for a long time. But, like, yeah, it's like, eventually so I want to do that, but I want to do it safely and someone from someone I trust. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'll eventually. I have no problem with psychedelics. My like, recommendation is get rid of the kids for, for a day and uh, just do it by yourself. That's what I kind of want to do. Yeah. Um, but, like, I'm very interested in doing that stuff. But, like, I'm a pretty recent guy to go into weed. Like, I only took up really? weed in the last, like, two, three years. What? Like, so, like, I, I only dabbled in weed. <laughs> Basically, like, you know, around prom time in high school and college. So, like, if it was around a party and someone was smoking a joint and passed it, it around, I would do it. But I've never bought weed until it became real around legalized. Really? Yeah. I notice a lot of people in, uh, like, like uh, in the comedy out here uh, have only recently started doing fucking anything. Yeah. That's crazy to me. I've been smoking weed since I was, like, 14, 15, been drinking since then, smoking. I was sober for, like, five years, and I quit smoking cigarettes for five years, but uh, that never stuck. 
Well, see, I, I mean, I drink alcohol socially and stuff like that, and I, I've smoked cigarettes. I, I gave that up after about a year. I did that in college, mostly because that was the only way I could get a break at Game Exchange was <laughs> if he had a smoke break, and everybody smoked. Right. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll pick up a fucking pack of, of camels just so I can go fucking take a break. Otherwise, I was just fucking doing fucking door to, or the front uh, door all day. I will not work a job that does not give me smoke breaks. Um, you know, it's optional. I really shouldn't be doing it, but uh, I made my choice. Yeah. But yeah, like I don't know. I have my break, and then now I'm just like, I have to do what I want to do. I have to do my own thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Like we were saying, yeah, a lot of people experience that. Um, that's a good thing. Yeah. Hey, guys. This episode is not brought to you by a mobile game like Best Fiends. You know, it's like friends, but take out that R. Well, they they trying to say the R's for like is, is the R word is it an R word? Can, can we say R word? Can we hint at the word? Re- Take out the R. Oh, fiends, friend. That's fucking retarded. I I looked in your fridge. Um, I know that was probably weird, but I was trying to get material material for these questions. Okay. So I looked in your fridge. And I noticed you didn't have a lot of food in there, but you're still pretty big. And I noticed you have you have <laughs> you have the storm shelter out there. Yeah. And so is that is that where you keep the kids you eat? <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert! No, um, no, that's a lock on there. I I never go down in that fucker. Yeah, I have a I have a tornado shelter back in the house. Yeah. Um, this house was yeah, here. I puked behind it before I came on. Nice. Yeah. Um, you can do whatever the fuck you want. I'll never go down there. I'm claustrophobic well, i didn't puke in it well no i'm just like so like um it's got a lock on it yeah though. well also because i don't want my kids to fall down there um it's like contrary step that'll just fall well, you don't want your kids to meet the kids you're eating find out that you're eating other kids true that's bad is it like the same kids all the time every time you have them over or are these are the kids that are going to go in there and then you're going to get a new set and then you're going to eat those and it just rotates is that how it goes <laughs> do you have another question for you <laughs> Uh, are you soulless because you're a ginger, or is it because you're a mindless consumer? I'm not even a ginger, so I don't know how to expect that. You're ginger. You're, you're red-haired. No, it's 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 blondish. It's, it's you it's look a, like a ginger. Okay, it's, it must be the lights. point stands. Are you soulless because you're a ginger? I'm soulless or because I've been divorced twice. Con- oh, there you go. <laughs> yep. It took two of them to take yours? Yeah. Oh, what else do I have? Um... <laughs> Man, great! Question. I wrote down. I started writing this stuff, and it was gold. And then I got drunk. <laughs> As one is the. And deal. I've been writing down joke ideas on this scrap of paper. One more. One more. Can I ask you a question? Hold on. Okay, go ahead. After I do this one. Kirk or Picard. Solo. As in Han Solo. And Chewbacca. Even Lando Calrissian. Those are not um, starship captains. They are space truckers. and It's a space trucker and his dog. Did you ever see that movie with Clint Eastwood and the orangutan? That's basically Han Solo. It's true. That was a good fucking movie, too. But mm-hmm. at least that was entertained. Oh, well, sorry, Trekkies. What's your question? No. <laughs> I was going to ask. Han Solo is a space trucker, dog. Yeah, I really know, because I'm like the Han Solo of homeless people right now. Yeah, he is. I mean, yeah, he was a smuggler. Space trucker. Yeah. Yeah, those hidden fucking things. Yeah. 
He, right. he okay. Um, I was just gonna say, if you had to name your biggest influence, um, probably right now, like uh, Andy Kaufman, uh, Eric Andre, Tom Green, the whole Jackass crew, guys that just like didn't really care and uh, did do something weird, do something just unexpected and weird and and absurd and it's not always funny but it's usually entertaining yeah and that's what i aim for like i'm not always funny my jokes don't always land i'm still like learning how to do this shit yeah but i know how to i know how to like get a reaction yeah i always have uh so there's that and also like you know my comedy spirit animal would be more like diogenes than andrew dice clay uh i like that that's a great quote People early on have tried to point me to like towards like Kinnison, Doug Stanhope, Andrew Dice Clay. Yeah. And there's elements of that where uh where I kind of fit in. But um I'm not trying to replicate that. I'm not yeah. trying to to repeat that. I'm not sure. trying to uh <laughs> Spencer Mills, love him, calls me Andrew Lice Clay. <laughs> Just cause I have this uh fucking vest and uh sometimes I do a dirty joke. Well that's, I mean that's better than what I call you, you fucking emo zookeeper. Jesus, <laughs> emo zookeeper. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I like that one. I called you my chemical bromance. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. God you like that? Damn. Fuck yeah. <laughs> See, so like, okay, this is how we bond. So like, if we want to talk real, like, one of the things I really admire about you is like, you know, we talk about eccentric or like your your own thing, but you have your comedy, but also you have your showmanship, right? Um. I've had a two and a lot of people that are telling me not to do this, not to do that, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You see my ingenuity, my creativity. I'm very like I love spontaneity. I love roasting. I love mm-hmm. crowd work. And everybody that tells me not to do that, or you're not ready to do that, or you shouldn't do that, I get fucking tired of that. And I was like, fuck that. Yeah. So now when I go to open mics, I only prepare two to three minutes, uh-huh. and then the rest I want to just make up roast jokes as I'm writing there. That's awesome. So all I do is I'm sitting down observing the tables and stuff like that, and I'm writing roast jokes. And I'm just trying to see if I can pepper them in while I'm fucking shit. Right. Because I want to get more on entertainment so, so and more when, showmanship. When people get pissed off about that, it's like I've noticed this lately because everyone has to fucking riff off me. Uh, I'm just like the easiest, most visible target in the room. I want to be and, original, though, if I do it. And I can't always like fire back. I'm not always in that mindset. So yeah. like most comedians uh, or most people going up to the open mic, rather uh, – they're not prepared for that off the cuff shit. Yeah. They're not prepared for that. So when you interrupt them, like, or when you call them out, like, especially before or after they go up, if it's before, like, uh, most everyone's focusing on their yeah. shit. They're off the cuff, not prepared. Yeah. Um, that's why they get pissed off about it. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, if you really want to uh, get better and get good at this shit, you have to be prepared for that off the cuff shit. Yeah, and you, my you gotta thing be is prepared to fire fucking back. My thing is, um, if someone gives you shit, don't take it personally. Like, if you do badly, you should get better. Like, you roasted me at the yeah. hunt club a couple weeks ago, and I had fucking nothing. Um, well, my and thing, it's like I didn't get mad about it. It's like fuck, I should should have just had something better. Well, my thing is, man, um, open mics are sh- are should be a comedy gym. You're working mm. shit out. You're having fun. Mm. People kind of forget. I'm like, oh, I thought we were supposed to have fun and have jokes here. Like, oh, I didn't know that we were not supposed to talk about this, 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 and this. Uh, fuck you guys. I'm going to have fucking fun. Right. And I'm tired of not having fun. Right. 
Like, if I didn't want to have fun working, I'd go back to fucking working cell phones. Dude, no one is paying me for this shit. No, so fuck your fucking I'm mentality. I'm gonna money. have fun, and either you don't like it, yeah. or you're like the next comedian. But I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna be an asshole. I'm here I'm for me, not yeah. you. Well, on that note, trash. We're uh, we're cutting a little close. Um, where can everybody find trash hyena, jackhole, and all the creative things um, that are in your mind? So yeah, I'm on YouTube. Um, YouTube.com/slash at dumpster puppets. I don't know how the URL works. Uh, TikTok. I'm trash hyena. Uh, Instagram, I'm trash dot hyena. Uh, they don't let you do a space. And then on Facebook, I'm trash hyena. Nice uh, man. Yep, dude. That's I, where, also, you can find me. Uh, you know, hopping parking lot to parking lot in Tulsa in my truck, or uh, at any most of the open mics here and there. Make sure to bring seventeen dollars. <laughs> yeah, definitely give me money. Cash app trash hyena. There we go. Fuck yeah. Um, trash Trail change. I won't use the name I want to use right now, mm-hmm. but I will say thank you. Thank you. Thank you for ha- coming on here twice. For those that don't know, we recorded an episode last season, got about an hour and a half into it. They left, and then um, the audio didn't catch. Yep. So we have a silent film with Trash. <laughs> We're going to work on that. We're going to work on that. Spoiler <laughs> alert. But uh, thank you for coming on. Thank you for Thanks trusting for me. Having me. Thank you for I bringing everything. You, I love you too, man. You know what? I, before we leave, let, let me one last word in. Yeah. You know the thing. I, the thing I enjoy most about uh, like 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 uh, talking to you is you're the one guy I can hit with like some like I can try some nerd jokes on, yeah. which ain't exactly my wheelhouse. But I can try like nerd references and shit on you, and uh, fucking you can fire them back and yeah yeah. I love deep cut jokes. Yeah. Uh, I told you the one last night I had for the guy with dreads. Right. Dude, right. There, there was a guy with white dreads last, or a white guy with dreads last night at this show, and I was like, dude, I loved you as a breakdance fighter in Zoolander. <laughs> deep cut. <laughs> deep deep cut, cut, but it worked. But on that note, man, Trash, thank you for coming on. Um, thank you. Guys, he's been Trash Hyena and Jack Hole. Uh, I'm Jared Ralphie Allen. And thank- my big ass dick. Oh, yeah. I have a tuna can dick. Do you know that? <laughs> my friend not. tried to cheer me up once time after I got oh, my like car wrecked. Oh, like that, that, like that. It's wide. Oh, wide. Um, um, my, <laughs> you smashed my it. friend was like trying to cheer me up after my car wreck, and we can end on this. He was like, yeah. "Hey, on the bright side, you still got that fat dick." I was like, "Yeah, it's like a tuna can." He's like, "What? It's wide?" I was like, "No, it comes in bulk." Oh, uh, uh, yeah. On that note, this has been Unloading Beat, guys. Bye. Trash Hyena, Jared Ralphie Allen. Mm. Peace. Bye, have a great time.